Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Amen. We know that last night we had what we thought we were going to have, something worse. Thank God. How many are glad when it doesn't turn out to be as bad as it sounded? Amen. But uh, I believe that's because of prayers. We sent out an intercessory chain thing and we prayed last night that that storm would not hit like it was talking about. How many know that I can't remember the last time that people, they were talking about the, the storm the way they were talking about this one. I mean, they were putting it on the news and they were putting it on the radio and they were telling people, be prepared, this is going to be bad, softball-sized hail and 70-mile-hour winds. And so they were really uh, talking about how bad the storm was going to be. And thank God, you know, it, it did, it, we did get some heavy rain, but as far as I know, nothing, nothing major happened. But it began to make me think last night as, I was, as we were in the house, as many of you were, uh, kind of just preparing for it. And how many know it's amazing that you can pull out that that app, that Radar Now, or you can go to Weather, but I have this Radar Now app, and you can uh, open it up, and you can see where you're at, the dot where you're at, and you can see the storm coming, and it goes in like an hour increment. How many have ever looked at that, that app? And you see it coming, and it's like, okay, it's about a half an hour away. It's about 20 minutes away, and so, um, you know, we made sure we had some flashlights in the laundry room in case it came, and you never know what's going to happen, and you kind of have to I wasn't afraid, but you have to kind of just be wise and be ready in case something does happen, in case the winds start blowing heavy. And it started making me thinking about, think about storms and storms in our lives. So if you're taking notes tonight, I want to talk about weathering life's storms. Amen? Weathering lives, life's storms. So I'm going to put that up behind so you can see that facing the storms of life and stay focused on that. And we know there's a story, there's many stories of storms in the Bible, but I want to look at Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Give me an amen if you're there. And on the same day when, Jesus, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, as, as he was and, an, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful and how is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Father, anoint your word for the next few minutes on this Wednesday night, God, on this charge up service lord in the middle of the week that we've come here to hear your word to praise you and worship you god give us a revelation of your word tonight and let your word come forth in power and strength and bring forth fruit i know this word is going to minister to at least one person's life it's going to change someone's life tonight father as they look at how they can weather life's storms father and we ask these things in the mighty name of jesus and everybody said amen now the the amazing thing about Life is we don't have an app that tells us a storm is coming. This, this is kind of advantageous with the weather that although they're not always right, with all the technology today, we, get, we, you know, we can say it's going to rain next week. 
and it can it's going to rain tomorrow it, it rain it's going to rain in three days and we can kind of look ahead and see the forecast and we know that in texas that changes a lot and it doesn't always happen like it does but when you're looking at the radar thing that's no change because you're visually seeing what is happening you are literally seeing the storm and the green and the blue and the red and the yellow and of course the the green the blue and the yellow gets worse and the reds the really bad and and you can just sit there and look at it and wouldn't it be nice to have an app that you could wake up in the morning and say okay lord show me what my life's going to look like today is it going to be calm or is a storm going to come and if a storm was going to come you could kind of brace yourself for it and then it wouldn't hit you blindsided and you wouldn't be so upset how many would like to have an app like that sorry it doesn't exist but it would be nice to have. But I do want to tell you some things tonight that I think will help you recognize the storms. And I'm not just talking about when you know you're in it, you're in it. But sometimes we don't know why storms happen. How many have ever asked that question? I'll never forget, uh, and I'll get into this in a second. I'm going, to, I'm going to go ahead and say this first one. Number one, I'm going to give you four storms, four reasons why storms happen. Okay, now obviously we're talking about spiritual storms, not physical, but we're relating the physical to the spiritual. And like I said, that's what made me think last night as this storm was coming through and we were bracing ourselves for what could happen and, and uh, understanding that those storms bring a lot of damage. The, ner- the number one is there are normal storms, storms that just happen okay, in our lives, storms that don't really have a reason or a trigger. And Matthew 5.45 says, that he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and he makes the rain fall on the just and the unjust. So we just understand that sometimes we're in a storm of life that is just life. We're not in a divine bubble, and sometimes things just happen. I mean, how many times over the years being in ministry have we been trying to do an outreach, for example? It's very frustrating when you are trying to do an outreach and you are, are, are dealing with the weather, and you've got a lot of time invested in, in setting up stuff and buying stuff and, and sending out flyers and, and doing things, and all of a sudden it comes to that day, and we've had to cancel things in the past, and we've had to not do things because of the weather. And I always get a little frustrated with the Lord, and I say, God, why are you letting it rain right now? We're doing this for you. We're trying to reach souls, and it's a little frustrating. And God reminds me that the rain falls on the just and the unjust and I'll, I'll never forget some of you might have heard this story one time we were in in Costa Rica and we were uh, in a place called Los Cuadros where we have a church and we were passing out gifts and of course it rains a lot in Costa Rica but the amazing thing about Costa Rica is that you can pretty much tell when it's going to rain because it rains like clockwork every day and I remember when I first got there like today if you looked outside it was totally sunny right there was no clouds in the sky And I remember being there and them telling me, it's going to rain today. And I said, no, it's not. It's not going to rain today because rain needs clouds and there's no clouds in the sky. They said, it's going to rain today. And of course, me being naive and, 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 you know, not understanding the culture, I said, it can't rain today. And they said, just watch. So that was about 10 o'clock in the morning. There was not a cloud in the sky. At noon, I saw some clouds coming in. They weren't even dark. About one the sky was filled with clouds, and about 1.30, it was pouring rain. And I said, okay, they know what they're talking about. The crazy thing was, the next day it happened the same way, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day for eight months. But the great thing is, is after you get an understanding that it's most likely hardly ever going to rain in the morning, 
you can do something in the morning and get stuff done. And so we would always have our outreaches on Saturday mornings. We would start early about eight and we'd try to be done by noon. Well, once we started really growing in the ministry and we got to where we were, when we were working with the kids before we started the church, we got to where we were working with thousands of kids. And so getting gifts out to thousands of kids takes time. And so we were going to different areas and we were at the final area and we had the bus there and we're unloading toys and gifts and we're getting ready and we've got the music set up and we've got the tarps out and everything, we got everything going and we're all excited and I see the clouds. I see them coming. And I said, God, don't let it rain, man. You've got to get these gifts out to these kids. And so I stood like Moses. And I put my hand out in faith. I had so much faith. I said, God, stop the rain. And I looked at it, and I, I just felt like Moses. I just was, I was, I'm serious. I was letting faith out. And everybody was watching me. I said, Lord, stop the rain, stop the wind. I even had the microphone. Stop the wind in Jesus' name. I speak to you, tempest. I don't think I said that word, but it's in the Bible. And you know what? He didn't listen to me. Five minutes later, we were sopping wet. And it rained like crazy. Why? Because the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And sometimes you're going to be going through a storm and it's just going to happen. And you have a choice to either be bitter or be better. Has nothing to do with you. There's no reason why it should be happening. You're just in a storm. That's number one. We just simply live in a life in a world that has storms as natural part of life. Number two. These are the storms that we do cause. Number two is the storms we do cause. These come, they're engineered by us out of our foolishness or bad choices or disobedience. There are storms in our lives we bring on ourselves. Okay, and the storm begins to come. And this is one of the most difficult ones because we don't realize we cause this storm. This is a tough one. Because we don't, this is the one we, we, we most likely don't realize it till afterwards. That we, we, we're, we might be saying, this is just the just and the unjust storm. And God's saying, no, it's not. I need you to realize you brought this storm on by yourself. And the quicker you realize this storm, you brought it on, the quicker I can get you out of it. And one of the great examples in the Bible, and I'm not going to go there for time if you write it down, is Jonah chapter 1. God says, I want you to go preach to Nineveh. And Jonah says, no, I don't want to go preach to Nineveh. And how many know you don't tell no, God No. Amen? You don't tell God no. I mean, you can say it, but you're going to have to deal with some consequences. And so because of his disobedience, because of his foolishness, of him saying, no, God, I don't want Nineveh to be saved. If you read the whole book, you find that out. I don't want Nineveh to be saved. He says no, and just quickly after that, he finds himself on a boat. And on that boat, so what he's doing is he's running. Listen, you can't run from your disobedience. Amen. You can't do that because as you run, it just follows you. And it's like, have you ever seen where the cloud and the rain is just falling on one person or one group? Of, that, it's just going to follow you wherever you go because it's a storm that you, that you caused. And you've got to deal with that storm. And so Jonah says, I'm not going to stay here in Nineveh. I'm going to run. And he jumps on a boat. And when he gets on the boat, guess what? The, a storm follows him. And then all of a sudden, if you know the story, the boat starts to shake back and forth and gets all crazy. And they say, man, something's wrong on this boat. And then Jonah says, it's me. He realizes it. It's me. 
I'm the reason that this storm is happening. And if I don't get off this boat, you're all going to die. And so he, he, he basically helps them help himself. And they all decide, let's get this dude off the boat. And they kick him off. And that's when he's swallowed by the whale. And that's the story. But some storms are our own making. Number three. These are storms that God sends to us for growth. These are storms God sends to us for growth. See, someone's going someone's to really get something out of this message. I hope more than one, because we live in storms. Life is storms. Okay? Now, let me say something now before I forget it, and maybe I'll say it again at the end. Here's the great thing about storms. They don't last forever. Amen? How many have found that out? Storms do not. Listen, you might think, man, I've been in a storm my whole life. Well, that's because you've passed from one to another, but the same storm cannot last a lifetime. Okay, you can go from one storm to another. You might be in the storm that is for the just and the unjust, and then you might cause a storm, right? And then you might be in the storm that God has intended for you. So you might feel like you've been in a storm your whole life, but you are not in the same storm your whole life because storms end. Can you say amen? I was looking just for kicks. I thought to myself, I wonder what the longest storm ever was. And you know, you can't always get an exact example of anything, but I found that from what most people were saying, the longest storm ever was like 28 to 31 days. So even if you're in a bad situation tonight, you're in a bad storm, you say, man, this will be over in a month. Okay, it's going to end. You know what that means? It means, look, well, you can't look right now. The sun's shining outside. It's not raining anymore. It was raining really hard last night. The clouds were coming in. They were telling us it was going to be horrible. But guess what? Just like Annie used to say, the sun will come out tomorrow. Amen? Bet your bottom dollar the sun will come out tomorrow. Amen. You know why I know that song so well? Because my daughters used to sing in the play. Okay? How many know the sun's going to come out? Storm's not going to last forever. If you're here tonight and you're in a storm, and guess what? There's probably most likely that you are, because we're in them a lot, but we're finding out which ones we're in. If you're in a storm, the sun's going to come out again. Amen? The rain's going to stop. The wind's going to stop blowing. How many have ever driven over Lake Louisville and looked at the lake, and, and it looks different at different times? Sometimes it is like black looking and it is like wavy and you can tell that it is tormented that that water and then other times you drive by and it looks like a piece of ice or a piece of glass and it's so calm and so still and you can see the sun or the moon on it and it's beautiful that's the difference it's either going to be calm or it's going to be a little crazy or it's going to be real crazy but there's going to be storms in life so we might as well realize i'm going to go through storms but here's the question do i get better or do i get bitter so the third one, we saw in Mark 4, I don't know if you still have Mark 4 open, but we saw that there when Jesus says, let's cross over to the other side. Oh, you, don't, you mean God causes storms for us to go through? Yes. You don't think Jesus knew that when he got on that boat that a storm was going to be waiting in the water? Yes, he did. Matter of fact, he said, let us cross over. Let's get on the water. Was he trying to hurt them? No. What was he trying to do? Teach them grow them because the third one is that god will give us storms for our what growth so that we can grow we also see that in matthew now if you go really quickly over to matthew just backwards in your bible a little bit to the left matthew 14 check this out this is the same story but there's a little different word here 
in Matthew chapter 14. Give me an amen if you're there. We're going to see the same story. Immediately, verse 22, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. What did he make his disciples do? Get in the boat. He pushed them into the boat. He said, let's get in the boat. And he had an intention when he got him in that boat. He could have kept him on the land. He could have taught him a lesson there. But there's something that happens in storms. Storms cause us to do one of two things. Freak out or trust right how many of those are two things you do you're either going to sit back and relax and, and say I'm not dying today in Jesus name or you're going to freak out and some people run from storms and usually the ones that get hurt the worst are the ones trying to run from the storms in the car when they should be in shelter we were listening to the news last night, and even as bad as it wasn't, it didn't turn out, some car got thrown off the, ro- off the road in the wind, we heard, right? And we turned the news on. Don't run from the problem. Sit there and trust God. Amen? Sit there and trust God. So we look here in Matthew 14. He says, verse 22, get in the, get in the boat and go before me to the other side. And he sent the multitudes away. And he, when he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, Evening came, and he was alone there. So he puts the disciples out on the water, and he stays on the ground where it's nice and calm. And they're out in the water where the storm begins to happen. So do you see that he put them in the storm? He put them out there. Now, how many know that if God puts you through a storm, he's not going to let you get hurt? Amen? He just wants you to learn a lesson. He just wants you to trust him. So they get out there. And the boat's in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves. The wind was contrary, it says. And in the fourth watch of the night, then we know this story. Jesus walks out on the water. He calms it, calms the sea. This is where where Peter, you know, walks on water and all this. But the thing I'm trying to teach you is, he says these words, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Amen? Do not be afraid. In, in, In another story of the same Uh, Mark chapter 4 in Matthew 8 verse 23 uh, Jesus is getting in the boat with this tempest arises and I like what it says here because his disciples when the waves in verse 24 of Matthew 8 begin to toss all over the place it says a great tempest arose on the sea and the boat was covered with the waves he was asleep some of you in here could sleep through a storm I, I couldn't not not being in the water amen I would I'd be like this that's why I have to drive when I drive because I can't sleep if I'm not driving. If I'm not in control of that thing, I might as well just be driving. How many, is anybody else like that? I can't sleep on the side watch, watching. So some of you got that blessing. Like my wife, she falls asleep before she gets to the pillow. Seriously, like she's out. I mean, it's just like she, she's, she probably hasn't even hit it yet. And she's already asleep. And can sleep anywhere at any time in any place. Thank God Jesus was that way. But it wasn't just because he was God. It was because he knew that the storm was going to calm. And here's what's interesting. He, they say this. This is different from the other one, the other version. Not because it was different. It's just a different angle. His disciples came and said, Lord, save us. Because the other one says, do you, don't, do you not care if we perish? Remember they asked him that? Don't you care if we perish? Now they're saying, Lord, we are perishing See the difference? They're saying, we're dying. Just in case you didn't know, we're like on our last breath. We're out. We're done. We're dead. 
You, you, you are not saving us. And they're, they're basically saying, so this is what we do in our storm sometimes. We say, God, you have left me. You have forsaken me. You are not around. You are not here. I am dying. That's what we do. I'm dying, God. I'm not going to make it. And God's just up there smiling. We, I, I see the picture of we, we look down at that, at that storm we're in, and it seems like we're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean on a little tiny um, air mattress. What's the air things? Not air mattress. That's what you sleep on, air raft. That'd be even worse, right? An air mattress. <laughs> that would probably sink really fast. Air raft. And we're out there with the sharks and all this stuff, and we're like, we're dying. We're dead. We're perishing, God. And then God probably looks down at us like we look down on our kids in the bathtub. Just picture that. Like the, we're above water. And it's totally controlled. And we have the little, you know, duck, rubber ducky in there. And God's looking down, you know, yeah, at the fake shark. We think we're out in the middle of the ocean dying. And God's like, you're in the tub. I'm, I got this. That's what we, we need to look at storms like that. Especially when we haven't caused it. And God's just testing us. So we say, okay, God, let's get this storm over quickly. The last one is, this is one that's, Similar to the second, but maybe worse. This is when we're in storms that we're dragged into by other people. Okay, we, we, we didn't cause the storm, but all of a sudden we're in it because somebody else acted foolish. Because somebody else is in rebellion. Because somebody else is disobeying. Because somebody else isn't doing what they, they're supposed to do. Go to Acts 27 real quick. How many are still with me tonight? Amen. Weathering lives, storms. Acts 27. Uh, this is, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, obviously. It's a, it's, a, it's a long chapter. But do you know that Paul was in several, three or four shipwrecks? How many know that? Several shipwrecks. That's what he did. He was in prison or shipwrecking. That's what he did. He had a lot of them. But here's one, what's interesting. If you don't think storms are important and it's not important to learn, Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, takes an entire chapter of 44 verses to talk about this storm. He had had three prior. It didn't mean that those weren't important, but there was an emphasis on this storm because Paul is caught up in this storm and he did not do anything to be there, but he had to go through it. But how many know sometimes you'll be going through a storm that you did not cause but God has you in the storm for somebody else. You're their lifeline. Now Paul's in prison. He's being transferred from one place to another. And, and I'm just going to kind of paraphrase. I would like you to read it later. Read it sometime this week, the entire chapter. But a lot of it's really specific about how he's on this, this boat with some other prisoners. And he's with a centurion named Julius. who he, Julius really likes Paul. He has favor with him. And, and even when they get to some of the first ports as they're going to another place to go to another prison, he even says, Paul, you can go off on your own. I trust you. And, and go find your friends. And they were helping him feel, get better and, 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 and feeding him and stuff. And he trusted him to go off on his own, that he would come back. And then if we start looking down around uh, verse 7, 8, and 9, we see that there, again, I'm not trying to read the whole thing. 
they're, they're sailing slowly along the, along the coast and difficulties everywhere. And, and all of a sudden, Paul gets a, a revelation that we're about to, he gets, his, he gets an app from the Lord. And the Lord says, the storm's coming and you're in it. And I need you to tell everybody else this is about to happen. And so it says in verse 9, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was over, Paul advised them, men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but of our lives also. Great to be a spokesman for the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? He's in the boat. I just want you all to know that this is not going to go good. And I'm just so blessed and lucky to be with you tonight in this ship. The Lord has showed me this is not going to go good. He doesn't in any place say, I'm going to leave. He says, this is not going to go good for us, but I need you to listen to me. Nevertheless, the centurion, verse 11, was even more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than the things spoken by Paul. And so they began to move on. And now look down at 13 with me. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close by Crete. And not long after, now this is a big word right here, a tempestuous headwind. That's like tempest on steroids big one right and it says a wind arose called Euroclidon they were naming tornadoes back then and hurricanes way back then in the Bible we have them named today I think that came from the Bible they were naming them back then and when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind we let her drive running under the shelter of an island called Cloud. we secured the skiff with difficulty and I'm trying not to read the whole thing. Then on the 19, on the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our hands. Look at this. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. Sometimes we feel like that. Lord, when's the sun going to come out again? Lord, when am I going to see your hand? And no small tempest beat on us. All hope that we would be saved was finally given up i'm not going to ask you to raise your hands but i believe some of us sometimes all of us probably get to a place where we think there's no hope but let me remind you again the storm will not last longer than 31 days they're not they don't they don't last forever storms have to die now this is just a 10 second throw in. We do know that a storm is going to come during the tribulation that's going to last longer than 30 days. Okay? That's going to be some bad storms. But for us, before that happens in the tribulation, we don't have to worry because the storm is going to eventually end. Amen? Tell yourself that tonight. This storm is going to end. Amen? Tell yourself that. Look yourself in the mirror and say, The sun is going to shine again. Amen? Then after long absence from food and, and, and people are, 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 are freaking out, he says this, verse 21, Men, you should have listened to me and not sailed from Crete and incur, incurred, incurred this disaster and loss. But thank God, how many are thankful for a good word on time at the right time by God that says, Hey, take heart. I'm with you. Paul says, see, this is the great thing about Paul. He could have said like he wanted to say, 
we are in this problem because of you. He could have said that. And he kind of did a little bit, but not mean. He said, you could have not had this disaster, but he says, I urge you to take heart. It's going to be okay. There will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. How many know sometimes we lose things, but God guards our life. We have to learn to let things go. God will keep our life. And then he says down on further, further in 25, therefore again, he says second time, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as he told me. And then it goes on in the story to say that they were there for 14 days on that ship. And verse 31 says, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men, now I I want you to get this as we begin to close, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Watch that. A lot of people today in the world, are, in the church world, are jumping ship. They're jumping ship. They're, they're going back to their old ways. They're backsliding. They're, 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 they're doing the things they used to do. As things are getting crazier, listen, we have got to stay in the ship. We have got to stay in the house of the Lord. We have got to stay in the covering of God. Because if we jump ship, we're going to be in trouble. Listen to these words again. Paul says, unless these men stay in the ship... You cannot be saved. Amen. And then the Bible says later on that they go, they don't, they don't lose their lives, they escape safely, they get off board, and they all make it out with their lives. But here's the fourth storm. We're dragged sometimes into a storm by other people. And sometimes we, we, sometimes we need to get away from those people so they don't drag us in, and then sometimes God has us there to be a lifeline. Amen. So I want to close with this thought tonight. I'm going to see the four storms. I'm going to say them again just in case. There's normal storms. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Things we just, we can't understand. They don't make sense. But we realize, man, this is just a storm. Another one's where we engineer ourselves by foolishness or disobedience. We make bad choices and we bring a storm upon ourselves that was not intended for us. The third one is, we, we, God sends us storms for growth. That's the one we say, okay, Lord, I, I recognize this is you. Let's get over this quick. Amen? Peace be still, Lord. And the fourth one is we're dragged in sometimes by other people. Now go with me quickly. Psalms 55. Psalms 55. I'm going to run through these verses real quick. I had some things the Lord put on my heart. Psalms 55. Here's what we do a lot of times when we see a storm. I said this earlier, like Jonah, we run. Find the, I mean, that's the cool, that's a very attractive thing to do. Running is very, not, I don't mean running like jogging for exercise. I mean running away from a problem is very attractive. Like how many tonight would just like to be in a mountain cabin or a beach house by yourself, nobody around, kick back, foot on, you know. I put both of those because I'm more of a mountain person. I like to be in the snow looking out a fireplace in the mountains. Some of you like to be on the beach, scorching, whichever one you want, okay? Whichever one you want, you can have. But that sounds appealing, right? Just run. Get away from everybody. But here's what Psalms 55 says. I mean, you know, David felt like that a few times. And sometimes he wasn't running because he wanted to. Sometimes he was running because he had to. Verse 1. Give ear to my prayer, O God, 
and don't hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. I'm restless in my complaint and moan noisily. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me. These things happen before you run, and horror has overwhelmed me. So I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would just fly away and be at rest. See, that's the temptation. Oh, that I had wings to fly away. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. So what is David showing us? He's showing us that it's okay to feel that way. It's okay to think that. But we can't do that. Because God has not called us to run from problems. God has called us to face our problems. Facing the storms of life. Not getting in the car and running. How many know you can't outrun a tornado? You can't outrun a hurricane. And you're putting yourself in more danger. God, listen, if you've gotten got anything else tonight, God has called us to face the storm head on. This way, by trusting him. By trusting him. How do I face the storm? By tr- you, you can't do anything. That sounds like a storm. Thank you, Lord. Right on cue. Effects. We had that planned. Amen. Trust in Him. That's how you face it. We would think facing it would be like storm chasing or, you know, no, just, Lord, I'm going to stand right here and I'm going to trust you that whatever comes, you're going to protect me. And here's an awesome verse Psalms 89, verse 8. O Lord God of hosts. Who is mighty like you, O Lord? Your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule the raging of the sea. Listen, he rules the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. How many know we need to say those kinds of prayers? We need to remind God, God, you are the king of this world and you still the waves. And when you want them to be stilled, they'll be stilled. And if you want them to rise, they're going to rise. But I'm going to sit on this boat, and I'm going to ride it out, and I'm going to trust you. Here's another verse, 2 Corinthians 4. You don't have to look at it for time, but you can write it down. Verse 8 and 10 says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Do you think it's an accident he put these words in there? No, he knows that. I had a guy hit me up the other day and asked me. He said, man, I feel like I'm being attacked. I said, well, welcome to the kingdom of God. I feel like I'm, he's a new believer. He said, I feel like I'm being attacked. I said, well, you better get used to it. Because God said nowhere in his word that this would be an easy walk. He said this would be a narrow walk. It'd be a difficult walk. But he says, have peace because I have overcome the world. So he says, we're afflicted and not crushed, perplexed, not driven to despair, persecuted, not forsaken, struck down, not destroyed. Always, listen, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. The life of Jesus. Don't forget that God made us to worship him. 
So when we worship him, here you go, guys, if you ain't got nothing else yet. When I worship him in the storm, he loves it. He loves it. He gets excited. Why? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And when he sees me, rain pouring down on my face, lightning all around, storm, thunder storm, uh, raging, thunder sounding, and, and things going crazy all around. And as, as, as I think Casting Crown says, I will praise you in this storm. He says, oh, there's my child. There's my child right there in the midst of that storm, trusting me. And some people might say, well, that's just stupid. Why would you raise your hands and, and, and be in the middle of the storm? Well, what can you do when a storm hits? What else can you do? That's the thing you've got to realize. We're so prone to try to run. Listen, God allows storms to happen for us to realize we're human beings on this little earth, and he's a big God, and he controls everything. And storms should make us say, oh, God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. I will seek you in the morning. Amen. I, God, you are a big God. And I am nothing, but I trust you. And God says, that's right. He says, that's right. You got it. That's the lesson. He says, okay, we can get out of this one, but be ready for the next one. Amen. Write this down. Storms don't last forever. Storms don't last forever. The sun will come out again. How many have heard this? This too shall pass. You've had a death in the family. You've had financial struggle. You've had drama. You've had problems, whatever. Just name them all. And, and when you're in it, it's like, oh my gosh, this is the worst storm ever and I'm never going to get out of it. That's how we think. But now you look back on all those storms in the last however many years you've been saved and you go, I'm still here. I've come out of every one of those storms. It means the storm's going to end. But when we're in it, just think about that little bathtub again and God looking down at us and it's controlled. Amen? Isn't that the truth? Isn't it controlled? Doesn't God have us in his hands? Do we believe his word? Do we, do we know that we will not die one day before or one day after God already had established? Do we know that our lives are in his hands? Do we know that he, he has everything under control? And even when the storm's going on, sometimes it could be him saying, I just want you to praise me in this. You know what he was looking for in that story with the disciples? He ended up having to rebuke them. Do you think God always wants to rebuke? He didn't want to rebuke the disciples. He would have been so excited to, to have woke up from the nap and the sun be out and then tell him, Lord, while you were asleep, having a good old nap, a crazy storm came and we all just started praising you while you were down there and the storm went away. And Jesus could have said, man, that's what I'm talking about. Way to learn. Good job. But instead, he had to rebuke him and say, where's your faith? So where are we? I want to be that person that doesn't have to be rebuked. 
I want to be that person that God says, man, you passed the, the test. I saw you in that last storm you were in, and you were sitting there praising me. Good job. That's what I wanted you to do. Come on, somebody get this. You say, this too shall pass. You look at your husband, you look at your wife, you look at your family member, you look at this, the financial situation, you look at whatever you're going through, and you say, this is going to pass. I've seen this before. It's going to come again too. Storms are going to come again. And storms are going to go away. And there's going to be days that are rainy, and there's going to be days that are sunny. It just all depends on how you handle them. In the last verse, Psalms 30, verse 5, powerful, powerful verse as the musicians begin to come. Here it is. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Okay, let me, let me slow this down. His anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night. Does anybody know how it ends? But joy comes in the morning. How many know that joy will come in the morning? Amen? That the darkness can only last for 12 hours. Come on, church. It can only stay dark for a little while. The sun is going to come out again. The problem's going to go away. And you're going to face one again later. And all God's wanting you to do is just praise him in the storm. Because he's a God who made us to praise him. 